You're listening to the Cubicle to CEO podcast, episode 20. On this week's episode, I got a chance to sit down with the host of the popular go-to gal podcast, Jacqueline Malone. Jacqueline helps experts exponentially grow their business by becoming the go-to authority in their space. She is a coach, strategist, keynote speaker, mom, and guacamole lover. She has spoken at marketing conferences around the U.S. and has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Yahoo Finance, Reader's Digest, Parents Magazine, well and good, as well as dozens of other podcasts and radio appearances. Jacqueline shares how you can become the go-to person in your industry, how to establish yourself as an authority in your niche, and how to leverage podcasting as a platform for business growth. Welcome to the Cubicle to CEO podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Yin. Each week on this podcast, learn from the best and brightest in business who have paved their way to the top of the corporate and entrepreneurial worlds, as well as those new to the CEO game, like myself, who are working in the trenches to build our empires. Listen in as these leaders impart their wisdom, inspiration, and encouragement to empower you to become the CEO of your dream business and life. friend, if you are a struggling service-based entrepreneur and you are tired of being in the client chasing cycle, I want to help you get out of it. So I created a free masterclass for you, teaching you how to use my step-by-step client attraction system to create your first $10,000 a month without a large audience or complicated marketing strategies. You can grab your free seat and watch this on-demand training by going to ellenyin.com slash class. You'll get a bonus gift just for attending and access to the replay. So again, go to ellenyin.com slash class or click the link in the show notes. Hi, Jacqueline. I am so excited to have you on the show today. And I know we were just joking about how you look fabulous and I'm in my pajamas, but hey, that's the joy of podcasting, right? (laughs) It really is. And I think you look fabulous too. I just want to go on the record saying that you also look fabulous. And I I couldn't even tell that you were wearing your pajamas. And I'm I'm wearing leggings on the bottom. Nobody can see. (laughs) That's always how it is. Business on top, party on the bottom, right? (laughs) Always. 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 Yeah, Jacqueline and I were uh, laughing because when we opened up the Zoom camera, I have a green screen. It literally looks like I'm in a jungle right now because there are all, (laughs) all these leaves behind me and I don't know what I did. So I have to go back and fix my Zoom filter, whatever setting I might've tampered with, but thank We're you not. for We're not. rolling with it. <laughs> <laughs> I know we were joking that you're going to go figure out how to get rid of it. And I'm like, I want to figure out how to do that. Like here, well, especially I was just on, well, now I'm going to date this episode, but I was just on Instagram stories with this morning. I had a video interview and my husband put up our Christmas tree. We have a fake Christmas tree and we haven't decorated it yet, but he put it up and it goes right like behind me when, um, you know, when, wherever I am at my desk. And so I had, I'm like, oh shoot, like this is going to timestamp this video that I'm doing. So I don't want it in there. So I'm like dragging it across the floor. <laughs> like, thank goodness there is an ornament on this, but the green screen could really come in handy, especially during the, I don't know if other people have this issue that I do of, we put our Christmas tree in the same room that I work from, but you know, it's this, this time of year. It is, it is a struggle. You know, I agree with you. That would actually be really helpful, not only for covering maybe, um, I don't know, decor that dates 
the time of year that you're recording something, but also messy rooms because let's be honest, my <laughs> my apartment is always messy. <laughs> and so that is a really quick 30 second cleanup for the screen. Um, but personally, I love Christmas. And so if I had my Christmas tree behind me, I'd probably show it off. I'd be like, everybody look at my tree. So <laughs> I, do, I do get a lot of good engagement during those videos. And yes, I, I could see this morning. So our living room that I work from is, is not a highly trafficked room. So it normally looks like pretty together. You know, we got some pillows thrown all over the place or whatever. But this morning I didn't realize my son got dressed in here. So I did a full client call and we get off the call and I'm walking out of the room and I see there's like a pull-up and pajamas just like laying out the floor behind me. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much how it goes. She didn't care. It's just, you know, it's, it's life, right? It's, it's, life. it's, it's just life. real life. Totally. Life. Yes. I love that. So I, um, I'm really excited to have you on the show today because I think that first off, I am in love with your branding. So for those of you who don't know, um, you know, go to gal is Jacqueline's thing. And I think that's just so brilliant because the one thing I always uh, tell everyone when they ask me, you know, how can I make money online? How can I create my own business? Um, I really believe that everybody is the go-to person for something in their personal network. And usually when they say, you know, I don't have any skills, I say, well, just think about what people come to you most often for. Maybe you're the friend that everybody asks for advice when they go on a date, or maybe you are an excellent baker and people always ask you when they have to create, you know, I don't know, some dish for a potluck. I don't know what it may be, but I really believe that everybody is the go-to for something. And so I'd love for you to speak a little bit more about how you uh, how you position experts as the go-to authority in their space and what that really means to you. Sure. So one thing that I love about GoToGal, and as a brand, it's evolved over the last couple of years. So I myself just had a personal brand for a long time. And, and GoToGal was kind of my tagline. I was like, oh, I help you become the GoToGal in your space. And then it became a program and I turned that program into a course. And I've been podcasting now for a little over four years. Wow. Yes, I know. So I launched my first podcast, which was all up in your lady business with a co-host, Jessica <laughs> Stansberry, back in the fall of 2015. And in December of 2018, we ended that podcast. So we have our last episode. And then I actually took over the feed and rebranded it as GoToGal. So the GoToGal podcast itself has only been around for almost a year at the time we're recording this. And even that, even being in this podcasting industry for so long, rebranding the podcast and having it be my brand and just more focused and refined and niche, we'll say, has been a tremendous growth for my brand, my my business. And here's the thing, it didn't happen overnight. The first couple of months, we actually saw a decline in numbers because... I changed the topic. I was talking about things more specifically and talking to a very specific person about very specific things and the way the content was. Everything was different. But after those first couple of months, we've seen steady rise where it's been month after month after month. We're just seeing this growth and it's like the snowball effect, right? Amazing. And I love that I'm, I'm telling this story now and answering... I realize this is a very roundabout answer to your no, question. No, please. I love I love Tammy. But, I, <laughs> <laughs> but one, I think it, it answers some of the go-to gal questions, but also 
it's beautifully illustrating one of the ways that I help people become the go-to authority in their space. And that's by being the go-to for something, by not trying to talk to everyone about everything, but by being more specific in who you're talking to and what you're doing. You know, certainly you can niche more on one side or the other, but I find when you're able to refine what your focus is, here's the thing. Most of us are not good at everything. I know very few people that are good at like a whole wide variety of things, right? So when we're able to narrow our own expertise, it doesn't just make it easier for people to refer us and and know what we're known for. It also inherently makes us better at what we do. When you have a refined focus, literally every single client you have makes you more valuable to the next client, especially if you're serving a similar type of client, which is where niching your audience comes in. So if you're doing similar things for similar people, you're going to fast track, not just your marketing, but also your own expertise and and really sharpening your knife there. And that's where that, that combination is so powerful. But one important thing with the GoToGal brand and community and and when thinking about growing yourself to be this go-to authority that I, I don't want people to skip over is that it's not just about being known as that expert. I think a lot of times in our online space, people kind of get that message of, oh, I need to build this personal brand. I need to be known. I need to be out there and visible. But with GoToGal, built into it is you're the go-to for other people. You can't be a go-to gal on your own, on an island, right? (laughs) Right. Community is built in. And whether it's in your local community or it's online, building those relationships and a community of people who you are their go-to, that's truly what it's all about. That's a really great way to frame it because you're right. Like Those relationships are so core to your all of your goals, your increased visibility, your ability to get referrals. Um, And I'm I'm really glad that you bring up that community aspect of it. So for somebody um, who's listening and is maybe just starting out, maybe they just picked, you know, the specific thing that they want to be known for, and they maybe don't have a large audience or a very strong network, how would you, how would you best tell them to, you know, get off the ground when they're just beginning? So this is going to be counterintuitive, but when you are just, just beginning, forget everything I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm going to keep it real with you, right? Here's the thing. Yes. Just, just beginning. And you really don't know. Now, sometimes you're just beginning and you really know what you're, you've been working in a job getting paid to do something and you know that that skill is marketable online and you know that you want to be doing it, great. It may take a little time for you to find the right audience for it. But if you are a SEO strategist or a social media manager and you're like, this is what I'm doing in my career and I want to do this online, great. There's a, there's a direct path there. You may have to work a little bit to figure out who the best audience online is, but you know your expertise. But if it's not that cut and dry, and for a lot of us, it isn't because most of the time in our professions, it's almost a a value to be a jack of all trades. I, you know, I know for myself in my career previously, that was something that really allowed me to get some really great opportunities was that I could do a lot of things and I could go in and be a director of marketing for 
actually several local businesses, but that had big online businesses, I could go in in my 20s. I didn't have a ton of experience, but I had enough and I knew how to do a lot of different things. So I could be their director of marketing and and wear all these different hats as a small business, right? So I think a lot of people have experience like that where it's like, well, I I do have skills, but how do they translate or what do people need or what's the most marketable or you don't, maybe you don't love what you're doing and you want to be doing something very different, right? So it takes time. And I would encourage you to just get comfortable with the idea that like whatever you start with isn't going to be what you end with. And that goes for all of us at every point on the journey, right? But get out there and just try things. And even if you think you have it all figured out, you will a hundred percent change it. So permission to, to quote unquote fail, but permission to just pivot a million times is really what it is because you're going to get some clients that are going to bring you into a world maybe you never knew of or anything like that. So at first I say, go a little bit broader to explore. Then when you feel like, okay, there's no way I could take on more clients. I'm just overworked and all of this. Then then you want to start niching down. And that's when you're able to raise your rates, really get those clients landing on your lap, You know, really pick and choose who you want to work with and all of that. And a lot of times what people are afraid of is that once they niche to something that then they're what is it? Like peg hold? No, that's not the, ex- then they're pegged as that person. Like, well, once I'm right. known as the go-to for that, I have to be the go-to person for that forever. That's actually not the case at all. Once you are known for something, once you're known as being an expert, an expert with anything, people are more likely to see you as an expert with something else. So you can absolutely niche up if you look at any of the big players in our industry. They've all started with, I don't know if your listeners follow Lewis Howes or Amy Porterfield, but Lewis Howes started as like the go-to guy for LinkedIn. And Amy Porterfield started as the go-to gal for Facebook marketing. And both of them have grown far beyond that over the years. But by being specific at first, they were able to establish that expertise to get known and leverage that to make that next leap in their careers. That absolutely makes sense. I think that we as humans, whether in business or personally as well, we're constantly evolving. And so everything is really just an evolution and you can't really get to that third level or that third evolution of yourself without having first gone through the you know, the other two. And so I think that's really, really true. And I think that's great advice to go broad at first. I know when I was building my social media marketing business, I definitely went broad. Um, But as I continued to get more clients, get more booked, um, I did go more narrow. And I, you know, I stopped doing platforms that I wasn't as passionate about creating content for, or that I didn't want to spend a ton of time researching and staying on top of all the skills. And so I really, really focused in on Instagram. And so I think that's a great piece of advice. And, um, Definitely one that I think will help a lot of people who get really stressed out about picking their uh, their niche. I know you say niche, 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 <laughs> tomato, tomato, <laughs> but um, exactly. But yeah, I know a lot of people get really stressed about that, and they and they spend all their time freaking out about that instead of actually just getting started and taking action. So I think that's going to really help a lot of people there. And then, okay, so this. This other, speaking of evolutions, this other thing that you've been working on recently, right, uh, is your pays to podcast program. And you, you mentioned that, you know, you've been podcasting for four years. And so what inspired you to, uh, to create this program and 
Tell us a little bit more about what you've learned over the years as a podcaster that you think could really help someone who is interested in starting their own podcast or in growing their podcast. Okay. I love this question so much because podcasting was really where I got my start in business. So I actually used to say, like I literally used to say to people, like, don't do what I did (laughs) because I thought I did it backwards. And for a long time, I did believe this. And mostly because everybody told me that I did it backwards, right? Like what I did was not necessarily what people recommend. And what I mean by this is when I first started my business online, it, it started with an Instagram account. I didn't really know what I was going to offer. I knew who I wanted to serve at the time. Now I actually have pivoted from that niche, but at the time I was clear on the audience that I wanted to serve, but I wasn't really sure what I was going to sell them. So I started building an Instagram account and it grew very quickly. I will say that, but I was not monetizing it at first. And through that Instagram account, I met Jessica, I met my, my co-host and she was the one, I had only had this Instagram account for a month. I had never sold anything before. I did not have a website yet. Nothing, like only an Instagram account. And she had a course that I thought, because while I didn't have any of these things, I was thinking strategically, right? So she had a course that I thought my... So I'd grown my Instagram account from zero to a thousand followers in a month. So I was like, well, my thousand Instagram followers, I think they're going to be interested in your course. And I was trying to think (laughs) of ways to monetize. So I reached out to her to be like, oh, do you have an affiliate program? Meanwhile, I later find out that nobody ever bought her course. And so here the two of us are with like, I don't really know how to monetize. (laughs) She's trying to move the courses and nobody was buying the course. And all of this to say, that's what led to us getting on a phone call. And that night, so we were supposed to have like a half hour call. It turned into three hours. We just had instant chemistry. And that night, we, she, she, we joked, she proposed and she asked me to do a podcast with her. So I didn't even have a business yet. And, and I said yes. And I got into podcasting. And of course, it was definitely easier being so new, having a co-host and someone who was a little bit techier than I was. And we could divide and conquer with podcasting responsibilities in the beginning. But here's the thing. By having that podcast, I was able to start building an audience, figure out what was it that people wanted? What what were they noticing? What were they asking me? And I was making a lot of mistakes publicly, right? Because you have a podcast, you're out there. But that didn't matter. By having a podcast, almost immediately, people were being introduced to me as an authority, just by nature of having a podcast. There is something with the podcasting platform. Now, this is not unique to just podcasting. I will say podcasting, a blog, a YouTube channel, and TV. And I'll also extend it to say stages at events and movies, right? Right. So if you're in a movie, if if you're right, these are your platforms. So these are authority platforms. If you're able to leverage any of these, people are immediately going to see you as an authority. And with podcasting, you're in complete control. You don't need to be brought on by the media onto a TV show or into a movie. You don't need to be asked by an event host to be put on a stage or have that expense of doing your own event. And you don't even need to you don't even need to uh to put on makeup or clothes or anything like that. <laughs> I mean we have uh but technically with podcasting nobody has to see you, right? We're we're sharing video today, but 
you don't even have to. So with the podcasting platform, you're able to tap into an authority platform where you could literally take something that you would say at lunch with a friend, or you would post on Facebook, or you would say on your Instagram stories. But if you say it on a podcast, it has more weight. And I learned this very early on that having that podcast really did allow me to build an audience of people who immediately saw me as that authority. It also opened up doors that I didn't realize were going to be so easy to open until after the fact, or maybe that they were harder for other people to get access to, right? By having a podcast, even in the beginning with a very small listenership, pretty much everyone I asked to be on the podcast said yes. I now had a reason to reach out to anyone in in my industry who I wanted to connect with. And instead of asking them for something or pitching myself to them, I was able to offer them something and start building a relationship that way. So it was really powerful, not just from the audience building perspective, but also for the relationship building and the networking perspective. And it didn't take long till a lot of those people were were pitching us or are pitching me now to be on my podcast. I'm sure you started experiencing the same. And a lot of times people are focused on the audience building, but I'm like, podcasting is actually the best relationship builder ever, right? So... So all of this to say, over the years, I've changed my tune and I was like, all right, you know what? Sure. If you need to, make, if you need to pay your bills next month, do not start a podcast to, to figure out how to pay those bills, right? Like that's not going to solve that problem. That is not the direct fastest path to revenue for you. And I want to be really up, up front with people about that. However, a lot of times I see people spending a ton of time putting out content on social media and within hours or days at best, that content's gone. And only the people who follow them are seeing that content and the people who are seeing it, it's not, they're not looking at it through that authority lens. Even if they were to take that same effort they're putting into social media and just repurpose that content into a podcast, it could really exponentially grow not just their audience, but their relationships and the authority lens that both their relationships and their audience is looking at them through. So I realized kind of after the fact of, oh, wow, what I did did make a lot of sense. Sure, in the beginning, if you're trying to to get money off the ground, maybe that's not your best bet like in the very beginning. But if you can swing it or whatever you can swing it, it's such a paradigm shift to be able to not just be producing content, but producing content on an authority platform. So that is what Farnoosh and I, Farnoosh Tarabi, host of the So Money podcast, she is one of the top podcasters in the industry. I think she has 11 million downloads and she's always in the top charts. And her and I have partnered together. Here's the thing. I don't have, I don't have her download numbers, right? So I'm not making the sponsorship money that she is. She's able to bring in six figures just in sponsorship money. But I've been able to leverage my podcast to have a healthy six-figure business where we're able to do it in different ways. And that's kind of what's cool about us coming together on this. So with our course, we're teaching people not just how to launch a podcast and to, you know, to rank in the charts and do all those things, but also how to really turn it into this growth engine for your business because there are so many ways to monetize and to leverage that platform to have those opportunities that are seemingly landing on your lap. I agree with so much of what you said, especially, um, you know, your word to caution that podcasting is really playing the long game, right? It's not 
like you mentioned, the fastest track to increasing your revenue, but it has so much leverage power. And that's really, you know, where I saw the benefit of starting a podcast outside of the fact that I just love talking to people. <laughs> and my in my uh, previous um, dream life, I wanted to actually be a, a red carpet correspondent and just interview people in Hollywood. And so this was kind of not the same thing, but the next best thing. And so I have really loved being able to uh, utilize this as a, um, a passion project. But I... I really want to reemphasize what you said about uh, how when you do have a podcast, um, it gives you the ability to offer someone a reason to connect with you outside of you just trying to network with people to have them help you. And I think that is one of the most underutilized and underappreciated facets or benefits of having a podcast is that ability, like you said, to be able to reach out to anybody and say, Hey, I have a, I have a spot for you on the show. And I'd love to be able to interview you. I've connected with so many incredible entrepreneurs and successful business leaders through this podcast, um, including yourself. These are, you know, these are opportunities that I wouldn't have had if I didn't have this platform. And so I really just want to reemphasize that point you made, because I think it's so, so important and so underappreciated. And uh, another thing that I really love that you said is how podcasting really is very similar to, I would say, YouTube, your blog, or um, even Pinterest, honestly, is that those those mediums more so than Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, <laughs> Snapchat, whatever, the other platforms, more so than those other platforms, the ones that I mentioned are really... Um, they're more like uh, search engines, I would say more so than social media platforms. And I, I love that uh, every piece of content you create for your blog or podcast or YouTube, etc., um, has much more longevity. It can come back um, and continue to be relevant, continue to be searched and watched and listened to or read um, for months or even years down the road. Um, I, I was on a podcast a couple years ago um, you know, uh, one of the larger podcasts in the, um, I guess, like online marketing space. Uh, I don't know if you listen to the Influencer Podcast with Julie Solomon, um, but you know, I was I was a student of hers in a course a couple years ago, and she interviewed me. And even to this day, I still get people who find me on Instagram, and you know, and they say, "Oh, I I listened to your episode," and that was like one of her earliest episodes. I think it's like episode like 19 or something, like two years ago. And so it's crazy to me that people are still finding me from that episode. And I think that really just speaks to the power of podcasting. And so one of the things that I would love to know more about is um, you mentioned that you were able to grow because you um, you were really able to lean in and listen to what your community wanted you to speak more about. And so I'd love to know, how did you... Uh, go about soliciting their feedback? Did you email them? Did you reach out to individual people on social media? Like, How did you really start to get the feedback from people on what exactly they were looking for outside of just the reviews that people might have left you on your platform? So such a great question. In order to get feedback from your audience, there's a bunch of different things you could do. A lot of options that I didn't have back in 2015. And just to be clear, in case I wasn't super clear about how much of a novice I was back in 2015, by the time we actually launched 
the podcast, I think I had like 300 people on my email list. So super new. And I didn't have this like big audience to, to poll and see what they wanted and all of that. Now I would say doing doing surveys where you bribe people in, in the appropriate way is a great way to get feedback from your audience. But it is hard to get people from the podcast platform to then go to a survey to then fill out a bunch of questions. So making it a super juicy giveaway where they're excited or maybe everybody who, who fills it out gets something. That's been a good tactic where if I have a digital product or something like that, it's not just one winner who gets something big, but everyone is able to get something. That's a good good incentive. Plus it's also, you're not just giving away an iPad or something where now clearly if they're listening to your podcast, they're already in your orbit. But a lot of times if you do surveys and there's something that skews it, like, oh, we're giving away this iPad that literally anyone on the planet would be interested in getting the iPad, you may get people filling it out who are not necessarily your ideal people. But if they're going to win something that is very relevant to who your ideal clients would be, then you know that anyone who's going to take the time to fill that out because they want that thing. That's a good qualifier, right? So, so doing surveys in that manner has worked really well. Now with Instagram stories and the ability to poll, that has been such a big game changer because I can do these little micro polls on a weekly basis or ask for feedback or even just notice what people are sharing with their, you know, what are the episodes that resonated most with them? What are the ones that feel the most shareable or where am I getting the most feedback and questions from them that way? But I love Instagram stories because you can so easily have that poll option to see, um, you know, do you prefer this style or this style? And, and you just get immediate feedback in 24 hours. The one thing I will caution is sometimes, so you want to be getting feedback from your audience. You want to be, you know, asking them questions, whether it's having them do a survey or on social media, also looking at, you know, the numbers don't lie, you know, looking to see, is there an episode that seems to be the most popular that people are mentioning the most in reviews? But you also want to make sure that you're doing what you want to do and you're taking this podcast in the direction that you want to go. And I share this because sometimes, especially if we're not clear on what it is that we want to offer, our audience can can be telling us what they want, but we may not be the best person to do that or we may not want to be doing that thing. And that actually happened to me several times early on in my business. So the first evolution of my online business was a brand that was for mom business owners. And I was not clear at all about how I could help people. And that audience, they wanted time management tips. And that wasn't really me. So I was sharing stuff, but I also just... Like, I don't know. It just, it wasn't what I wanted to talk about. It wasn't my real expertise. And I'm not the best at that stuff too. So then I like felt like a fraud for even trying to share things that I was trying. And it was just like this bad mix up. I'm like, how did I get down this road? But it was because I kept asking what they wanted. And that's what that audience really wanted support with, right? I just was not the best person to deliver that to them. I ended up taking a course on that topic and becoming one of the top affiliates for that course because I was able to share with them something that helped me, but I didn't need to be that expert, right? 
Then when I niched down a bit more, I actually got known for Instagram another period of time. And not because I ever tried to get known for Instagram, but because I was growing my business on Instagram. And so people wanted me to come on their podcast and talk about Instagram, or they wanted me to speak at their event and all these things kept happening. And it was great. And I did, I rode that wave for, for about a year. Uh, I was, I was pregnant and I was going to have a newborn and I knew that that was a good, like, okay, this is, this is getting some traction. Let's, let's feel this out. But I knew that long-term I didn't want that to be what I was known for. So that didn't hurt me. It actually helped me to be able to get me to the next evolution of my business. Right. But it's important to not let what people are voting or what's coming up in these surveys totally skew because at the end of the day, it's your podcast. It's your business. You need to do what you want to be doing. Now you have to make sure there's a market for it and it's serving people and there's value there. But I also just, I like to put that asterisk because I don't think people say that enough when they're saying, pull your audience, pull your audience, because sometimes the audience doesn't know how you can help them best. They don't know everything about you or all the experience that you have. So having that that little extra sense for like, okay, I'm getting this feedback, but is this really, if, if your audience only wants solos and you hate doing solo, <laughs> solo episodes where it's just you talking, get a little bit deeper and see, okay, what is it that they like about the solos? Maybe there's a way to bring that into interview conversations or whatever it is. So yes, take it, take, get that feedback, but definitely take it with a grain of salt. So that is such a good disclaimer because I, I absolutely agree that Instagram story polls are one of the best ways to get feedback from your audience, but I can see how it can lead you down a rabbit hole if you're constantly trying to please everybody um, and give everybody what they want. And it kind of ties back to the point at the beginning where you said, you know, don't try to be everything for everyone. Um, if people are asking for you to talk about topics that aren't your expertise or aren't things that you actually even enjoy learning and, and sharing, then by all means, just realize that maybe they're not your people and that's okay. And that you are, you know, you're ready to serve a very specific set of people with your skills and your interests. And so that was a really great disclaimer. And we have time for just one more question. So what's really on my mind, um, and again, continuing on this podcast path is, uh, if you could give somebody three tangible steps that they could implement today to either promote or grow their podcast, what would that be? Ooh, okay. Such a good question. So either to promote their podcast or to grow their podcast. So the first steps, this is someone who already has a podcast, right? Someone who already has a podcast and just wants to increase their downloads um, or be more effective in promoting their existing episodes so that, you know, it's not just being wasted and published, but no one's listening to it, you know? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So the first thing I would do is really take a, like, take a step back and possibly even get some outside input into what is working and what is not working. What episodes are the most popular? What is getting traction? Where are you getting that unsolicited feedback that's positive or negative, I suppose, right? And also, what are you doing with your business? What direction do you want your business to go in? What are you trying to sell? A lot of times we just kind of do what we do with podcasting. And maybe sometimes you're doing things because other people are doing things that way. Or, you know, a lot of times people 
they actually are some very staggering statistics of people dropping off with podcasting, right? And it's like a crazy amount. Don't make it past seven episodes. So if you've made it past seven episodes, like high five. But I also know that it like a lot of times there's frustration there. So I want you to take that step back and really ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why is someone listening? Why is someone going to come back week after week and, and really get clear on not just what that, that positioning is, or as Farnoosh likes to say that editorial hook, like what is it that's, that's different about your podcast, but also what are people really responding to and how is that going to work within your overall business? So taking that time to be really strategic is a step that sounds obvious, but that a lot of people skip over. And, and that's where I think they end up just like creating content to create content, or they have a ton of interviews. So, so one of the things that I see happen is people have a ton of interviews, but they're not doing any solos. And they're like, Oh, nobody, I can't really sell anything on the podcast. Nobody wants to buy anything from me, but they haven't taken the time to build their own expertise on the podcast. They've been leveraging other people's, right? So that's like a really clear example there of where, oh, other people do podcasts with other people. I should be interviewing people and that's going to get me in front of new people, but they're not taking that time to showcase their own expertise to their audience. So it's harder to convert their own products or this idea of promoting your own products on the podcast that might be mind blowing of like, oh, I didn't think about that. Right. So when you take that time to get strategic and see where it fits in with everything, that's when you can make sure you're building that solid foundation. So that's, that's step one or advice number one. Advice number two is, and this is what I have done this year, because while I've had success with podcasting for the first three years that I did it in really every measure of the podcasting world, right? We were able to get sponsorships, you know, filling programs, things like that. But what I didn't realize with having a co-hosted show and just a more broadly branded show was we were creating content twice a week for years and nothing else ever happened with that content. <laughs> now, once I rebranded and started GoToGal this year, everything that we create with GoToGal, it's really the top of our funnel. So that is where I'm spending my time creating. And then we have a whole machine behind the scenes where we're taking that content and repurposing it both for both for like immediate social content, but also for long-term evergreen content. So instead of creating content for a million different places before and trying to do all these different things, oh, and yes, I have a podcast. Now we flipped it around and it's the podcast is most of our content. We're able to repurpose it from there. So my second tip would be, okay, you have this podcast. How can you truly leverage this content that you're creating? How can you create one thing and turn it into dozens of pieces of content to serve your audience now and later. Cause that's when it's really kind of getting its, its mileage. And all of that content is going to lead back to the podcast too, right? So you're not just making it simpler in terms of your content creation, but you're also, you know, bringing people back to your podcast. And then the third piece of advice is to go get on other podcasts. So this is true for any platform, whatever, if someone is on Instagram, right, they're more likely to go follow other Instagrammers. If someone is watching TV, they're more likely to start watching new TV shows. And it's the same for podcasting. If someone is already on 
on this platform, it's so much easier to get them to start listening to a new podcast than to take a follower from Instagram and get them to start listening to podcasts, right? So yes, so leverage that and get on podcasts as a podcast guest. That's a great way too to start leveraging this authority platform without actually having your own podcast, right? It's a good entry point. And even and if you have a podcast, then you're you already have that there and you're more likely to get people to come over to listen to your podcast. So yes, collaborate with other podcasters would be my third tip. Those are all amazing tips and so easy to start implementing right away. So I really, really appreciate your feedback and just such great wisdom all around today. This was truly a joy. Like you've had me laughing since the first moment the camera screen popped on and through all the tech errors. And this is behind the scenes, like people, if you're listening, you know, it's going to sound all polished and great, but this is the reality of, you know, of podcasting and of life as an entrepreneur. Sometimes you just get hiccups in your day, but you just roll with it. And so Jacqueline, I so appreciate you being my, my, um, I guess like my partner in crime, (laughs) (laughs) but it's been so fun having you on this podcast. Truly, truly a good time. Oh, I've had a great time too. Thank you so much for having me. And Jacqueline, if people want to connect with you further, where can they find you? All right. Well, first, come on over to the GoToGal podcast. We put out episodes twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. And then if this authority building and building a podcast or getting on podcasts and doing things to really get known as that go-to gal is something that that is one of your goals in 2020 or beyond, then I would take advantage of a freebie that I put together. It's called the 30 Days of Authority Building Action Plan. And I've actually went back and I'm like, what do I tell people to do that I'm working with? And we took 30 days of something to do every single day of covering from both strategy, but also mindset, because the two go hand in hand with building authority. It's really from the inside out, but we'll tell you something to do every single day for 30 days to start building that authority snowball, really, because it's this momentum that just keeps building. You never really stop building authority, but it starts to build a lot faster over time. So if you go to JacquelineMalone.com forward slash plan, that'll take you to that 30 day action plan and you can go ahead and get started for free. What an awesome gift for our listeners. Thank you so much. And all of these links, uh, including Jacqueline's social media links and the one that she just mentioned for her freebie will be linked in the show notes as well as on the accompanying blog pod. Oh my gosh. Can't talk (laughs) as well as on the accompanying, uh, blog post. So if you guys missed any of that, just go head over to the blog or the show notes to connect with Jacqueline and Jacqueline, thank you again so much for your time today. It's been so fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you again for tuning in to the Cubicle to CEO podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support this podcast in one of three ways. One, post a screenshot of this episode to your IG story and tag me at Miss Ellen Yin so I can repost you. Two, share this podcast with a friend. And three, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to grow and reach more listeners. Please make sure to also subscribe so you don't miss out on new weekly episodes coming to you every Monday. And friends, until next time, keep dreaming big. Bye.